Hello and welcome to Media Mouthwash. I'm Daniel Bentley. I'm Joseph Stashko. And this is attempt three at recording Media Mouthwash. Not even going to go into why it's taken this long, but we're back ready for a new year. Yeah, how was your Christmas, Joe? It's good. It's good. Quiet. Lots of iPad reading. It's yeah, good. that's topical. Yeah. So in this show, we're going to be talking about the Guardian's iPad app. Yeah. And um, Dan, you went to speak to Martin Bielam from the Guardian. Yeah. Martin's a member of the Guardian's user experience team. And he had a, you know in- input into how the uh, iPad app was developed um, from a user ex- experience point of view. The Guardian iPad app got a bit of criticism from me and others uh, because it's an edition-based um, appy packaged product rather than being like a fancy um, reader of the Guardian website. Uh, it's like designed every day. It's laid in the same style that you would lay a newspaper. And so that's it's a, it's a, a, a shift from how I was expecting it to be. But I spoke to, to Martin and he explained why and, and why they approached the, the web differently to the iPad. So a new thing I'm introducing in this show is just a few bits of media news which I've picked up from various sources and... Well, um, first of all, you're going to need a snappier title than that. That's going to... We need, we need some... Uh, we need suggestions. We need suggestions Joe, on not that. Joe's media news will not, will not really suffice at all. Um, but the first bit of news, and we're sticking with news at the moment... Um, is the news that the Associated Press have opened a full news bureau in North Korea. Um, so it's obviously quite unprecedented. AP have had personnel base there, but it's the first time that actually opened up formally. It'd be interesting to see if it leads to any more deeper or more meaningful coverage of the, reason, of the region. And, you know, it's obviously a place that not a lot of people get to cover, um, and internationally journalists are kind of quite spurned. So, yeah, it just be interesting to see how that turns out, and I'll put up the AP story on the site. Secondly was a Facebook story. Um, it seems to be a new one every week with Facebook, um, or at least according to the tech press. It's about a new partnership they're having with Politico in America, um, all based around the election. So the partnership has been struck, and the deal is that basically Facebook are prepared to hand over um, their users' private status messages and comments um, over to Politico whenever they mention a U.S. presidential candidate. Um, and it'll be fed through an analysis tool and then spit out sort of anonymous measures of what the US population thinks of various candidates, according to Facebook. Um, it's just another example of Facebook being quite sketchy with people's data. Um, this has been reported on All Things Digital blog. kind of remains to be seen whether anyone will really care about it or, you know, how many people will, will even read that. So. I mean, I don't even know what to think about that because I'm quite concerned about online privacy but because I am, I know not to not put to things online that I really want to keep yeah. private. But it is that it does make a bit of a mockery of of its users, yeah. and it no no one will care. There will be a Facebook group set up to leave you know leave Facebook. They're yeah. missing on privacy, but Facebook have stressed that no actual people will be able to read the posts. It's all automated, so. But um, I'll put the link up and you can take a look at it yourself. Um, the final piece of news for the week was uh, driven by a interesting stat I saw. Um, it's on the Guardian's Northerner blog. It turns out that in the end, 66,000-plus people applied for jobs with BBC North um, via the online jobs bank. 
and then only 529 people actually ended up getting jobs. Wow. Um, we always knew it was going to be oversubscribed, but the fact that it was this oversubscribed is quite staggering. And that's pretty impressive because, you know, the critics of the Media City and the BBC's move to Salford was that you would not be able to attract talent. And yeah. They've got 66,000 people applying for jobs there, and obviously they can be quite selective about that. Yeah, um, interestingly, uh, 23,000 of those applicants were from the Manchester postcode and Greater Manchester area combined. And uh, that's about it for that roundup. Okay, so now it comes to our guest, who I spoke to via Skype, so excuse any slight audio glitches, but I think it came out pretty well. Um, So it's Martin uh, from the uh, Martin Bellum from the Guardians User Experience team. And I start by asking him about what the rationale was for the iPad app, why it's um, different to the Guardian's website. We felt that the iPad was a very different device and a very different reading experience. And I think one of the things that you have to bear in mind is that when we started work on the design thoughts behind it, because the project took about 15 months, the iPad hadn't been out a huge amount of time. Right. Um, but I think I think we were very conscious that we had seen things like the Wired magazine app and thought that um, it was very confusing for users to navigate. Um, and there seemed to be a thing uh, with the early apps where obviously everyone wanted to kind of throw absolutely everything um, at, at the design. And um, there's there's an article actually I reread the other day on my blog. We, there was a hacks hackers talk um, about the design of the Times Eureka app. They, they made a point in that that um, you know the the sort of the editorial side of the business wanted stuff that could be spun round and really really interactive. And the design team there were very much trying to concentrate on readability and the kind of, you know, actually showing the journalism in the best light, not showing the technology in the best light. And, and I think we feel that it's it's great having a website with 1.37 million articles live on it, but you can never finish it. And with the, the iPad appearing to be more of a lean-back consumption device mm. um that there was a f- feeling that you could could bring back the kind of serendipity that you get from picking up the print edition so that i kind of you know i always i think you know from my own behavior um i very very rarely click on the business section on our website or go to the business section in our apps but if i'm flicking through the paper i kind of almost inevitably land on the business page and if there's a story about um i don't know a record company or i, I don't know if there's something that i'm actually interested to i would never kind of seek that out in the business section of the website but serendipitously through print i would find it and and so so we felt there was something about that finishable package experience that, that people still enjoy i did some user testing on the project uh, during it, when we, you know, we had people come into the office and look at prototypes and stuff, and we were aware very much that that there was a strong section of the audience who are very digitally minded, who feel that it should have lots of functionality and bells and whistles, and where's the twenty four hour updates and the live blogging and and, and I see this, but but actually, there's also a more measured consumption model, and so we tailored the 
product specifically to that. And I think, again, I think I said on on my blog, something along the lines of um, nobody thinks it's odd that a car manufacturer will have a range of different models. And even if you think of the way, I mean, um, car models work, you, you know, even something like the Ford Cortina or whatever, right. there was like the absolute bog standard basic model and then there would be a sporty version of it and an estate version of it and and nobody thinks it's weird that car manufacturers would take a, a, a car and badge it with the same name but different models that were tailored for different sectors of the market yeah. but somehow when news organizations do variations on their products or subsets of their products aimed at, at each area of the market we hear a lot back from our own industry going oh well it doesn't do this it doesn't do that i don't know why you've left this out and and i don't think Everything has to do everything all the time, uh, and, and I think um, I, I'm. I don't know what. I, I don't offhand know which statistics we've made public. I'm afraid, but I'm really, really happy with the metrics that I've seen of the usage of the app, the, the actual measuring how people are using it. Um, and I, I think there's something very much about the page turning model that just encourages people to keep exploring mm. in a way that a website doesn't um, because there's no kind of just next button on the website. And and I also think that, um, I, I don't know whether you've used the iPad app or, or, or how much exposure you've had to it, um, but I find that um, because we add links into updates, so, so you have what was in the print yeah. edition and then if the story's broken, there'll be a web link. And I find increasingly you go through to the website and the website just looks really badly optimized for that device and you go back to the app and the fact that we've actually put proper thought into the typography and the information hierarchy in a way that doesn't get done on websites and and i don't think has done particularly been done particularly well on on phone apps because the smaller screen uh, is difficult and I, and I think you know none of that's been anything to do with me it's was with mark porter and andy brocky um and uh a few other guys, Barry Ainsley and John Henry Barrack, who've really looked at the design and made a beautiful thing that's beautiful and enjoyable to read rather than a thing that's instantly updating. And I think if you want a beautiful thing, it has to be laid out properly. You kind of It, ta- it takes time to lay out those feature articles and make sure you've got the best um, photograph and you're putting the captions across the photograph in a way that's readable that, that a machine can't do. So I was a big critic of the the Guardian's iPad app, as I said. Yeah. Um, after speaking with Martin, I actually came round to that way of thinking. And then I still don't think it's for me. I don't think that the way that I consume news fits yeah. fits with that. And and that's fine because it's not for me. Yeah. As he said, you know, you, you create different car makers create different cars for different sectors of the market. I'm not in in the newspaper buying market i access my news online on my phone via headline tweets links all that kind of stuff that's how i access news and there are people who who want that packaged item at the end of the day they're not news junkies they have jobs they have lives (laughs) and 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 then so they access news differently to to you and it's true i mean like for example um someone like my mum actually um you know like to keep up up to date with the news, but isn't a journalist, you know, isn't interested in the news industry like journalists are, um, but still likes to be informed. And she much prefers kind of email digests and newsletters that kind of package the news from whatever publications she's subscribed to. And similarly, you know, that's kind of the way the app works. You know, I've got several apps on my iPad that um, I don't use for 
breaking news at all because that, that's not what they're for. It's for me sitting in the evening, having an hour to spare, and just wanting to pour over a few articles, maybe look at a bit of video, um, all in you know a really nicely executed way that makes use of the fact that you have a touch screen which you can sit in your lap rather than have a laptop on your knees. And it's just about picking the right kind of execution for the right platform, really. And I think that's what they've managed to do really well at The Guardian. If you package something, you create. that's where you can create value. It, yeah. sound, it sounds silly, but when you think about it, it's no, no different to bottled water. You can yeah. get it out of your tap for just the cost of the pipe. Same with an internet connection. People want packaged water they want bottled water it's got a brand it's got an identity yeah. you, you 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 tell yourself that it tastes better or it's better for you but it's it's water yeah no definitely I same agree. so it's the same content but it's 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 packaged and it does create a better more premium product and and good on them if that, if that's yeah. going to generate some revenues you know? and kind of um notable um honorable mentions to other publications that have done it the economist have yeah. done it really well um the new yorker have done it pretty well um and so have the times so, uh, regular items. Yep. Gaff um, of the week now, we go. as we're going to yeah, go weekly. Go weekly. Um, and because we've had a, a Christmas break, there's, okay. a, there's a fair few to go at. We've got a roundup. I've got a roundup. Got a roundup. Um, so, what was my number one gaff is now actually my number three gaff because I don't think yeah. it's actually as big a gaff as I thought it was before I started talking about it. Anyway, it's today's Guardian, <laughs> and it's their front page. Um, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, that's what we call in the radio uh, in the radio uh, what, industry. Oh, radio industry <laughs> <laughs> clearly not qualified. In. Clearly not qualified. In. That's folly. <laughs> yeah. You know? Good. And uh, I've got some horses' hooves as well. No. Um. So I've got the Guardian here in front of me, and I'll, I'll do my best to vividly describe it. It's got the Costa Concordia cruise liner above the Guardian masthead. On its side, tipped over, you've got some rescue boats at it. This really striking, powerful image of this huge cruise liner on its side. And, and strikingly, it is above the masthead, where usually, you know, you don't have that. Um, the masthead is at the bottom of the top of the fold, if that makes sense to everyone. And below that is the exclusive story about Michael Gove's proposal, which should have, have now been rebuffed, but his... Um, his proposal to buy the Queen a yacht with taxpayer money. What we have, obviously, is this juxtaposition of talking about a royal yacht and then a yacht sunk on its side. Don't know if that's deliberate, don't know. You know, it's, it's hard because it's a striking picture which you have to put on your front page. Yes. Fantastic. And then you've got, unfortunately got a, a very good story. A, another good story about yeah. an aquatic vessel. I think what they've gone for in going above the masthead is to try and separate the stories. Yeah. And it works when the newspaper's folded and it's on the newsstand. But if you just see a picture, you open it up or you just see a picture of the front page, then it's confusing because it's, you know, they've obviously had to make a decision at some point and this is where they settled. And I thought it was a bigger gaffe than it was. And then I thought, <laughs> the more I talked about it, then it's, it's fine. But yeah. it's, one, it's an interesting one to look at. Yeah, it it no, raises definitely. some questions about the, the design uh, process that went into that. But a genuine Twitter gaffe is coming in at number one. It's coming up. <laughs> which was from, I think, Twitter News International get the joint honour of this one, which was the fake Wendy Deng Twitter account. Wendy Deng Murdoch, wife of Rupert Murdoch, all-round top ninja. There was a, a fake account created by some British guy who I didn't think has come forward yet. But for days, it, people 
thought it was her because Twitter gave the account verified, verified status. Symbol. And someone at News International said, yes, that's her <laughs> in their PR department. How, how both things happened? Yeah. I've no idea. I think a lot of people, like, just wanted it to be true. And, and news know? organizations wrote about this. They analyzed yeah. her tweets. They ran, like, sentiment analysis on it. That was the worst part as well. Again. No one at any point noticed that Rupert Murdoch, who legitimately joined Twitter, was verified, and yeah. that's him. Didn't yeah, say anything to his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't follow his wife. <laughs> no one had noticed that. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it, it, it fooled people. It fooled Twitter and it fooled News International. So There you go. That's um, well done. That's a whole clutter of gaffes there. <laughs> Finally going to move on to the app of the week. And it's a bit of a sideways choice. Um, normally I try and recommend things that are quite... Um, simple and obvious mobile journalism or just kind of taking about really with um, with journalism um, this week it's called 360 panorama um, now quite a few people probably know about this but I only really um, was aware of it during the student protest last year when some from Sky News stood in the middle of Oxford Circus and uh, managed to use this app to take a 360 degree panorama shot of the entire scene now that in itself isn't new you can do it on your iphone you can do it on some android phones but it's the fact that you can uh, post it to a web link which then allows the user to sort of pan up and down scroll just generally assess the scene and while tweeting from events taking photos from events doing sort of single frame videos from events is really really good i think if you see something that's truly striking that maybe has several elements to it or several stories um, in an, in one image, um, this app is really, really good for capturing those. And you could be at an event or a protest or demonstration or, you know, like a live concert or something, and, and this would work really well for you. It's available on, on the Android market for 60p, and I think it's 99p on the Apple App Store. Is this not the one that I'm downloading then? Because... I'm, I'm downloading an, an app now called 360. All right, well, let's delete this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a, a 360 of the, the Media Mouthwash Studio, and I'm going to put it on the blog. Okay. I think that works pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly recommend it. Um, I haven't actually used it myself, but it looks like a really, really cool tool if you're out and about and covering these sorts of things, even if it just acts as a sort of uh, thing that draws in your audience with a really, really striking image. So my app of the week is 360 Panorama. Go and download it now and um, give it a go. Okay, so that's about it for this week's Media Mouthwash. Um, if you've got any tips, stories, things you'd like to see, people you'd like us to interview, then uh, get in touch on the Twitter. Joe, that's that. Yep, so that's at Media Mouthwash. And also um, leave any comments or suggestions on our Tumblr where we put all the shows and the links, which is mediamouthwash.tumblr.com. You can also find us on iTunes, search for Media Mouthwash, and RSS. Yep. We're all there. We're all there, and we'll be back on a more frequent basis. See you next week.